In this world, is the destiny of mankind controlled by some transcendental entity or law? Is it like the hand of God hovering above? At least it is true that man has no control, even over his own will. Recording, recording. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Check this out. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Agitator Podcast. My name is J. David Osborne. That is Kelby Losak. And today we have a guest, our first return guest. Right, Kelby? Farzan. Yeah, yeah. This is our first return guest. What's up, Barry? What's up? This is a big moment for me. Uh, I was the first return guest. I've also done something first before Soldier Boy. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can't say that he was the first return guest nope. on the Agitator podcast. Nope, he cannot say that. It was me. He can say a lot of things, but he cannot say that, and that's why you're better. Than Soldier Boy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, and I, I guess all I'm saying is I don't know Soldier Boy. I mean, maybe if I knew him, I don't, I, I have a ranking at home of all my stuffed animals that represent my friends, and I put them in order of who I like the best. So, right now, uh, Kelby, you're, you're an Elmo. And uh, and Barry, you are a Jurassic Park dinosaur, and they're like neck and neck. Bro, I love dinosaurs. Honestly, it, you picked the perfect <laughs> one for me. And, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Today on the show, we are talking about Berserk. Uh, it was a manga drawn and written by Kentaro Miura. And uh, there's an anime of the same name. I think they have something to do with each other. I didn't watch the anime. Uh, Kelby and Bari did. So uh, how do you guys want to do this? You want to talk about the anime uh, first? And then we can talk a little bit about the manga? Or I'll really leave it up to you guys. I've never looked into what's different about Mm. each. Actually, the, like, anime and the manga... Uh, the 97 anime and the manga are pretty close and then the um, the Netflix manga or I mean anime trilogy uh, is kind of like it follows the golden age arc as well and then the HBO trilogy or uh, sorry anime series that just came out recently um, it's it goes back to like the prologue like the uh, the black swordsman arc Mm-hmm. So, they're all fairly close to each other. Honestly, there's some things they cut to speed the shit up in the in the '97 anime, mm-hmm. but um, because it covers like the first uh, maybe twelve volumes or something like that in twenty five episodes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And this is a long manga. It ran for. 40 volumes and each volume has I think eight or nine issues in it maybe 10 yeah I think it's 10 actually Um, because each one is 25 pages long so it ran from what year did it start Kelby did you fact check this 89 it started in 89 damn and it just ended recently I think Um, yeah last year right before he died yeah he died How did he? How did, how did he die? Uh, he was beheaded for being a heretic. That's tight. <laughs> that's, that's a sick way to go. Heavy metal yeah, as fuck. Yep, yep. They ever, saw the brand. He he has the brand, and they were uh, like, right. "Oh, oh, you gotta go, dog." Right, right. Anyhow, um, I got to the end of volume eight, so we'll probably. Uh, talk more about the manga later unless we cover everything that we need to know about berserk in this episode and then we won't do that and i'll just read it for my own uh reading pleasure but um yeah i mean in summary there is a a protagonist named guts who has a really big sword we can get into why he has a really big sword later and uh he kills motherfuckers kills a lot of motherfuckers and there, uh, it's kind of this very interesting, um, kind of medieval European setting that's drawn by 
a Japanese dude, so there's this fascinating clash of cultures that make this cool and unique feeling soup. But yeah, it's got monsters, it's got uh, nudity, it's got child rape. It's really got everything you want in a in a show <laughs> or a or a manga. We we rounded out, yeah. So I really fuck with the aesthetic um, and the music specifically. I don't know. There's something about that, like, like I got like that, like classic rock, like stoner rock vibe to it. And then with the like medieval aesthetics and shit, it's almost like some. I don't know. It puts me in a. I can compare it only to like Dark Souls. Yeah. It's like a medieval setting, but it's it's not. It has like a different energy to it. You know what I mean? It's got like that Eastern it mix. So that's tight as fuck. And then you see guts, uh, and this and his weapons and shit. He's got the big sword, but the fucking hand crossbow shit too goes crazy. Um, and he's like super badass. Uh, so it right off rip i just feel like it gives a very like unique and like distinct aesthetic i don't think anything else at that time uh looked like that so i don't know it stands out like right away i feel like it has a lot in common with a uh, metal gear and that they d- they just like took influence of a specific culture like where metal gear was like japanese doing uh, american secret ops Berserk is Japanese doing medieval times, like high fantasy stuff. Yeah. And so you get all this like this heavily Eastern influenced uh, vibe to a more like uh, European atmosphere. Yeah, you got motherfuckers that's small as shit doing flips with swords and stuff. It's like <laughs> with with ultra great swords, like. <laughs> One thing that I loved about this shit is the is the naming <clears throat> of things. So in the uh, at a certain point, they you know they meet all these enemies, but there's a particular enemy that Guts encounters when they're taking that castle, and he's uh, like the the leader of the purple rhinos, and uh, you know, the, yeah. but it's not just the purple rhinos. It's like the unholy ultra fist purple rhinos. And it's, you know, the, the the Phoenix Great White Knights of, you know, whatever. And it's got this kind of uh, East Asian uh, karate style feel to it where they just, like, list off five or six names of a particular style. But I love that element of it, you know, where it's just a bunch of descriptive words like Ultra Monkey, Purple Rhino, Chimp, Cheetah... All this kind of, you know what I mean? Like that, that shit yeah, is so good yeah. to me. <laughs> It'll be like battalion, squad, group, force. It's like all of those things mean that, all those words mean the same thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. That's, uh, that's that Eastern influence again, bro. It's like just the naming in general of like weapons, like factions, even when people like call out their attacks and stuff like that. It's like super dramatic, but it adds to that energy like because everything is so over the top the gore like it's like in your face that's how this show is it's just like in your face the gore the sex the fucking dark themes and there's some dark fucking shit and i feel like that's part of it too it's like just hella exaggerated like over the top energy yeah and it, it sneaks up on you too because it kind of has a good rhythm to it where um like David texted me where he was at last night and I was like I almost started to text back oh this shit's about to be get good but like it's like that through the entire thing it yeah it yeah, has yeah. like very short moments of calm and then the most badass fight scene you've ever seen and then that just keeps happening like a little bit of calm and then like just crazy shit yeah uh the pacing in this show is is definitely really 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 good i i i think that's one of the strong points which one which one did you watch bard did you watch the 97 one uh i want to yeah i think it is the 97 one okay yeah and so that one's super like we can talk the story no problem because the only differences in the 97 anime and the manga i think the uh the prologue in the anime is like guts shows up 
to a uh, like a tavern. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he comes in and then he has like the hand crossbones. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. That moment is fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when he's like fighting that snake dude, so like all of that is in the manga, except there's also a fairy in the manga. Instead of like, they're like harassing a young girl in the anime, and uh, they kind of like after he kills the snake god they get into the heat of the action like they speed up several years and get into the golden age arc in the manga that's like you've got two volumes of him uh going around like with this curse with this like demon curse brand uh going around seeking revenge for something that you don't know anything about yet and he's also being followed around by a fairy like a little tinkerbell they took the fairy out of the anime of uh yeah yeah of the 97 anime the fairy the fairy is back like all the magic shit in the beginning like that's all back in the uh the hbo anime which i haven't i've only watched like two episodes of so far that's interesting that they would take that out i i think that uh there's a funny balance in the berserk manga between this kind of gritty gory realism and uh it's got a sense of humor but it's very, you know, Japanese kind of anime style humor where the characters are always going like, a a you know, like making weird faces and shit. And the the fairy is a good, uh, I think, counterbalance to everything that's going on because it's just this little uh, element of absurdity that, that runs through the, that runs through the anime. What I was surprised by actually because, so I'm at the end of volume eight, so like you said Kelby like 2000 pages into this manga we're still in we're still in the flashback right uh we're we're still in the past and i think about that in terms of when these issues must have come out right so if i've read 8 volumes of it i mean we're probably talking about a period of time that could be could be 5 years could be 10 years that it took for all this to come out so people are just reading this and you're just like you're in a flashback for five years if you're reading this sequentially, like every issue, issue that comes out. So anyway, I thought that that was, uh, I thought that that was an interesting storytelling device. Like he, when they go back, they really go back. I compare it to like One Piece. Like you got to like really dig into One Piece before the time skip. And I feel like, you know, Berserk is so. I've heard I've heard about One Piece actually as being one of these uh, anime slash manga things that is just ridiculously long. Like I've seen memes about Naruto fans versus One Piece fans or something. Like I saw this meme the other yeah. day where uh, it was like Naruto fans and it was you know that that meme where it's like a crying guy but he's got a smiling mask on. Uh, he's like oh, you know oh, I, I love I love these flashbacks and then uh, the the One Piece fan was the 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 white guy with the blonde beard with like a farmer's hat on and he's like ah like a year-long flashback so peaceful so there's like a (laughs) there's a there's an understanding that one piece fans are patient and they're just kind of in it for the long haul and i think that's how you have to be with berserk as well yeah yeah definitely 100 percent one piece is crazier though i'll say to all one piece people the truth is that it's easy to fucking say, oh, just watch it when you're caught up, unless you're a psychopath and you like watched 15 episodes a day or some shit like that. Mm. But to people who have never seen it at all, when you're like, yeah, just watch One Piece, it's 500 episodes long. Like, it's fucking a lot. It's <laughs> like, no shot they're going to get close to the good part, even in a year. Like, Berserk is similar. You got to. You gotta give it some time. It is about how good it is, too, because, like, I read 2,000 pages in a month, and I watched the 97 anime, which is only 25 episodes, and they're each, like, 23 minutes long. So you can watch the the 97 anime pretty quick, and uh, it encapsulates a good chunk of the manga. But it's consistently like it's just super well paced it like has a rhythm to it that you just want to keep going and that's how like one piece i'm not uh near even like close to caught up 
but I dig One Piece. Like every episode has a lot more energy to it and a lot more um, forward motion than Naruto did, which I have. I did finish Naruto, and it has a lot of like lag in it. So like when it has a flashback, yeah. you're like, "What the fuck, man? Not this again." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely understand that feeling. One Piece is good. Well, I, I'm I'm talking shit, but One Piece is good. I, I think it's up there. Uh, I'd put it above Naruto, honestly. But it's just long as fuck. <laughs> what was it on? Was it on like was it on Cartoon Network or something? When like how does the, how did you watch this? Yeah, as a kid, the four kids dub of uh, One Piece, which is really bad. It's fucking terrible. But <laughs> that's how I started watching One Piece. Uh, and then I started reading the manga, and then uh, I started watching like the. Uh, I guess it's like the simulcast. It's like they translate it as soon as it comes out or whatever. Started watching that for a little bit. Well, and then I'm not even actually caught up. Caught up. I'm not even gonna cap. I'm like a hundred and something episodes like behind or some shit. But uh, I just started watching it like when it was on. Uh, what was what was the four kids channel? I don't know. I think that was a that was channel thirty nine. You're taking me back. That was like yeah the, yeah. Uh, when Warner Bros. had their own channel. Yeah, dude. They'd play like Static Shock and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Static yeah, Shock. And Batman Beyond and shit. Hell yeah. This is uh this must be a generational thing cuz I didn't I didn't have this or maybe it's a an East Texas thing cuz I didn't I didn't have this four kids channel. No. No, you had it. You just didn't like how your uh your dad watched cartoons. Oh, that's that was right. pretty that's right. That I was, was pretty gay, <laughs> uh, dude. So. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, yeah, because my dad watched uh, so many cartoons when I was growing up, and he and I didn't get along. I had a real uh, bias against cartoons uh, early on, and I had this idea in my head that what adults did was watch, you know, like art movies. So I was like 13 or 14 watching fucking like Fellini movies and Godard and shit like that and I was like yeah I'm, I'm a grown up <laughs> so I didn't actually come back around to cartoons manga anime until I was in like my mid 20s when I was able to get past that 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 part of me because there's some really good shit in there I just I don't know I just I, like my dad I would come home from from school and like my dad would be like in his underwear watching Dexter's Lab and I'd be like, what the fuck is this? What is, like, what is this dude doing? Like, And then he would tell me to he'd be like, go mow the lawn. I'm like, dude, you've been watching Dexter's Lab all day, and I, I got to mow the lawn. What the fuck? This is bullshit. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's my own personal hang-up, I guess. Nah, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> me, I was watching hella cartoons. I was... Uh, I live with my mom and she was like a single mother. She had a job where she would come home late at night. Mm -hmm. And I had a cable box in my room, which at that time in the 90s was like fire. Mm -hmm. What You had cable box with like 500 channels. You had like HBO and shit. So yeah, I was like a TV fucking maniac, bro. I'd watch everything. Damn. We didn't have cable because we were poor, but we had like five channels. And one of those was uh, the WB Channel Thirty Nine is what it was. Nah, Kids. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I watched that shit a lot. Uh, no, that was a big moment. Hell yeah, no. When we got the cable box, and then I got one in my room. It was like, yo, I remember having like a fucking TV remote, like the fucking Comcast shit was like super lit. <laughs> Dude, and people are like, who cares? It's just a TV remote. Nah, back in the day having a tv remote with like all the fucking buttons and shit it was wild that shit blew my mind the first time i seen it well that's that's like bro that's like badass because like 40 I, buttons. I had i had just basic cable and like i we had uh we had the situation where we had basic cable and then you know channel 17 18 and 21 were like hbo cinemax and showtime but they were scrambled which was like you know you know you get to like midnight and you're trying to like, uh-huh. you're trying to look at the scrambled channel, kind of like, is that a, is that a titty? I think that's a titty, bro. Oh god. And I'd have a like a little, <laughs> I'd have a little v- VHS in my TV, and I'd be like recording it. And then I'd go back like uh, Mission Impossible, and I'd be like, enhance, enhance. You know, just trying to see if I can divine from this 
whatever it is. That's but yeah, the thought of scrambled channels still stirs my soul a little bit. I remember staying this. at my aunt's house and she had uh, like the the cable cable box, but like you know you could order channels and shit, and I would be flipping through the Yo, menu and like you get so to like you get to Playboy Channel and I would like click it and it would be like, do you want to order this? <laughs> I remember trying to do the calculus <laughs> in my mind of like, will anybody find out if I just like if I pay like twenty dollars for this right now, like will just kind of slip by on their cable bill but i never i never had the balls to do it i never i never clicked okay because i thought i would get into too much trouble i'd be too embarrassed nah bro i fucked up so bad one time <laughs> uh so i was like my cousins were over mm-hmm. and uh me and my cousin chad are the same age we're the oldest it's we, we have a big ass family my family's like Caribbean. This is just this is just my Caribbean side of the family, and they're like massive. Mm-hmm. It's like family members I still haven't even fucking met yet. It's insane. So it's like when we do like a family meetup, there's a lot of my cousins there. So there's like 15 cousins, but we're the oldest ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were in some like kind of competition with each other to see who's like gonna do the craziest shit. And uh, yeah, we were in the room. And I just like grabbed the remote and fucking clicked it, right? And just ordered it. I was like, yeah, we're gonna watch porn, right? This is so fucking, <laughs> it's just the boys up here. Like, this is gonna be crazy. And uh, they instantly found out. Like, they were like, yo, what the fuck? And came up there. And uh, yeah, I got my ass whooped in front of everybody. But I did it. That's, that would make I you, I wasn't that, pussy but that made you a legend. Day. That's the important because part the person who orders pornography instantly becomes like you know it's this archetype that you see throughout life there's always that one person who has access to the forbidden thing so like when you're a kid it's the person who clicks yes on the playboy channel you get a little bit older right it's like the friend who has uh like cough syrup and then you click like a few years later and it's the person who has weed and then beer and then other things and then you just go up through life i don't even know who that person is now i mean i guess it's <laughs> because now i'm just old so uh now it's which of your married friends still has sex oh that's right that's right that's right <laughs> so i'm the archetype <laughs> true true yeah okay all right um oh so anyway yeah berserk right um you mentioned that this felt like dark souls and and yeah this is one of uh miyazaki's big influences on dark souls um i think it also had an influence on uh, the cloudbuster uh sword in final fantasy 7 that's what that was called right clouds big yeah yeah. this is buster sword buster Honestly, that's fire. I never put that. I knew about the Miyazaki shit. I didn't know that uh, Cloud was also inspired by that, but it makes sense. Yeah. It's fire as fuck. Well, because, you know, you have to think about when this came out. And I'm always I'm interested about this from an artistic standpoint. When something comes out like Berserk at the time, that had to have been completely original. I mean, Game of Thrones didn't exist yet there was obviously sword and sorcery fantasy books right but uh there hadn't been anything like that on tv and as far as i know there was no animes or mangas that were like that either so it was it seemed like back then there were there was more um kind of untouched artistic landscape that you could go into and so this uh in particular just kind of i mean set the stage for a lot of a lot of shows and and movies and video games in the future so it was just very very influential and uh when it comes to plot so let me tell you all how far uh, so like 2000 pages right now uh guts is trying to leave the band of the hawk and go strike out on his own and griffith doesn't yeah. want to let him do that um how far is that in the anime? I love Griffith so much. How far into the anime is that? Yeah. Uh, what? What? Pro- what episode is that? Probably like eighteen episodes. 
Oh, really? It's that far? I was going to say, it's like close. Yeah. It's like almost at the end. Oh, really? Oh, almost. okay. So, wait. So, the anime and how far I read in the manga is the same? That's perfect. We can actually talk about the plot more then. Yeah, almost. Now, you didn't. Now, the end of the anime is like fucking wild. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's some stuff they skipped. I think in the manga, unless it's just a ton of pages of badass fight scenes, mm-hmm. um, it's there's got to be something in the manga there because I'm I just started volume nine so I'm not like caught up to the anime with the manga either mm-hmm. but uh but there's got to be some kind of buffer in there because they I'm reading it on a pirate site so like it's split up by chapters and like I'm aware of like which it shows you the volume you know mm-hmm. cover page yeah. and everything but it's split by chapter like in order from zero to 400 fucking whatever and uh i'm on chapter 36 i think Mm -hmm. and i was curious so i started skipping ahead to see where the anime is at Mm -hmm. and the end of the anime is like chapter 80 something oh damn okay so they they basically do they go in order so what happens in the last few episodes you can sp- I don't care about spoilers so y'all can just tell me dirt you want to take care of this the visual mm-hmm. of this fucking fight scene first of all Griffith hold up I feel like you can't just talk about the ending without talking about Griffith as a fucking character mm-hmm. yeah yeah true. this nigga oh my god uh he's He's a psychopath. Yeah, I, my, you know it's funny because <laughs> my boy was like, "I hate this man," but he's trying to compare himself to Griffith uh, the other day. Oh, dude, actually, uh, that, I uh, like. Oh no, sorry, finished. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, go ahead. Nah, you're good. He's basically like, if you don't have any like ambitions or drives or goals in life, then like, you don't deserve to be my homie. Like you don't have a dream or like (laughs) something that you're trying to chase then like why are we even friends right it's like you're a fucking menace bro but like that's kind of how griffith is it's like i don't know he's a fucking dick but he's fire too i think he's the coolest character yeah yeah griffith and i have a lot in common you're both gay uh well there's (laughs) there's there's that and we both like to beat up guts Oh, oh. beat up those guts, good. <laughs> uh, I had to. I had to do it. I'm, I apologize to both of you, but I had to say it. But no. So this is this is cool because we can actually talk about the themes then and, and stuff like that too. You mentioned this idea of, you know, friends needing to follow their own dreams, and that basically what happens is that guts is a child soldier uh, who's trained by this guy named Gambino. Um, to uh, become part of a band of mercenaries and a lot of bad shit happens to him Gambino ends up selling him to this dude uh, as like a sex toy uh, and then he gets his revenge but that kind of makes him snap as I think that would to anybody Um, and then he eventually uh, you know he fights a bunch of wolves after that happens and he he gets uh, picked up by this uh, mercenary group called the, the band of hawks and it's led by this dude named Griffith who uh, looks a lot like a girl uh, is uh, gay for pay and has nothing but pure unadulterated (laughs) ambition to become uh, to have his own kingdom right but he's a common born person and so the way that he does that is through a combination of uh, you know using his mercenary band to win battles and win favor with people Uh, he also has seems to have made some kind of deal with the devil because he's got this thing called a behalit, which is this creepy-ass red stone that has a bunch of mouths and eyes on it. Um, and uh, we see at the beginning of the of the manga that he's in some kind of, like, M.C. Escher, Hellraiser, uh, Otherworld thing. Like, he's become some sort of demon. Uh, and we haven't, like, in the manga, it hasn't linked back up to that yet. But uh, what Bari was mentioning is that he gives this speech at one point uh not to guts but guts kind of overhears it where he talks about how like you know he is thankful for his band of mercenaries and how far they've gotten him which includes guts 
but that he can't really call anybody a friend unless they have some kind of autonomy, right? Like some kind of uh, a dream of their own. So he can't, it's like he can't respect people who just follow, follow him. Yeah, NPCs. As, NPCs, as right. Modern day times would call them. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's, I mean, that's just, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going on, I think, uh, philosophically with this, with this book, you know, specifically about like what it kind of means to be an autonomous person and what it means to, to have a, kind of have a crew that you are loyal to. Um, but anyway, that's just where I'll go with that. But I'm, I'm excited that, uh, you know what? We were going to, you guys were going to tell me what the ending of this thing was. And then I started rambling. So give me the spoilers. Uh, okay. So basically at the end of this shit, there's a, uh, I feel like where he is, uh, he knows about like the love triangle and stuff. Right. Right. But like Casca or. Yeah. 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 So Griffith corrupts Guts child uh you know about that part too right no oh shit okay well then the love triangle basically fucking ramps up uh and then there's like a transformation with griffith uh there's a fucking crazy like visual fight with the sea god Mm -hmm. uh and then I'm trying to think what happens at the very... It's been a minute since I've seen it. I'm just remembering, like, visually. So, like, he... Uh, where where David left off in the manga, if Guts just left in Volume 8, then right after that, Griffith gets captured and imprisoned because he gets all sloppy because he's, like, kind of like, oh, my boyfriend is gone. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he gets imprisoned uh by the you know the knights of the kingdom that they had kind of implemented themselves inside of um as their personal hired uh mercenary group or whatever he uh gets thrown in a dungeon and is tortured for years mm-hmm. and he's like a bag of bones he's like yeah, all no, covered in bandages obliterate them man <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy and years later when guts happens back upon the group uh and saves them in a battle he finds out that griffith is imprisoned they're like let's go free this man and you know they go wild like fucking chopping people up the way he does and everything uh he finds griffith he doesn't have his Baelith, but it like comes back to him, like the uh, I don't know the demon soul within the totem or whatever, like crawls back to him and uh, it it comes back to him in a dream. He has there's all these trippy dream sequences because they have him in like a wagon when they rescue him, and he's just like he can't talk, he can't move. He looks like he weighs like 15 pounds. No, that's what I'm and saying with Griffith's crazy like transformation. That's what I was saying. The transformation of Griffith is like, for me, uh, that's part of what I really like about Berserk. Like what I remember so much about this anime is the visuals and like just his design and his fucking look. He's like, you can see like the ripped like skin with the tendons underneath but the skin looks like it's like paper thin it's like Mm -hmm. like inside the fucking bones it's like i don't know he's so fire that's that's what reminds me the most about dark souls is like the uh design of the characters and shit even like guts's design and stuff is pretty similar but i actually uh watched this after playing dark souls so it's like it it even more like felt like that for me and it made me enjoy it more actually because i had a like hands-on experience uh with a video game which is like my main medium that's like similar so i like i had that as a reference point and uh that's why that's like what stays with me the most about uh berserk or the fight scenes 
and uh, like specific visuals. This being one of them, I think this transformation after the torturing is like crazy. I think this is fire character. I love Griffith. Yeah, and then it gets even crazier whenever he is like having these fever dreams inside the wagon. He still has his helmet on too, by the way. They like don't take his helmet off, uh, which is I think for the for the band of the hawk when they rescue him, they like guts takes his helmet off and then is like oh my god and then like puts it back on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we don't like we don't see his face when he takes it off. He's just like no no y'all don't want to look at that and put this helmet back on him uh but he's like having these fever dreams in the wagon and it's where he's like a child and he's running over like the faces of um or no 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 that comes a little later but he's a child and he's running towards the castle and everything and then like him where he's at now is like he crawls over to the horses and like makes them start going and the wagon takes off and they're like what the hell are you doing and he crashes the wagon because he sees he's chasing after the the castle he uh crashes the wagon there's this big like solar eclipse going on and he's got the uh uh the fucking bailiff around his neck and the bailiff's face like so how it looks is like a fucked up mr potato head where it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. an eye on one side and then the lips all it, it's all Picassoed up and uh it forms into an actual like uh anatomically correct face and then screams and starts crying blood and then like they all catch up to him there's a solar eclipse and all these fucking demons start coming out of nowhere like hundreds of like just big ugly oafs and then like the five uh the five members of the god hand which are like a uh those 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 hellraiser guys yeah yeah basically they look like they look like some hellraiser motherfuckers yeah and all of the uh that that's where guts gets branded that's where so like we we really don't have to spoil the whole thing for this episode, but like that's where uh, I think that catches up to back to the prologue and everything, and we can talk about the relationship between, you know, Guts and Griffith and why they're kind of similar or complement each other, and just the level of philosophy in this is like ridiculous. It's nothing but swinging swords and like hacking bodies and like just looking metal as fuck but it's like full of existential philosophy ah definitely uh i don't know who started that like trend in anime uh but how do i like describe it it's like certain anime um on a philosophical level or or like on a factual level they'll like go above and beyond like so for example if you're watching an anime about running like uh the information in it and like the philosophy behind the science of running will be like shit that you've never even fucking thought about like so i feel like guts i'm comparing it to that uh in the way that like the philosophy and like the moments uh that kind of Wait, like the monologues and the speech i don't know the the writing is like at a very high level it's like it's at a very like intellectual level it's like over the top you know, you know yeah what I'm it's, it, it doesn't dwell too much on like uh conflict of morality i think that's like an important part to something like this like what makes it fun and like speedy and it hits on like big existentialism is it doesn't concern itself with morality these are all amoral characters none of them give a fuck about like killing people and nah, shit. for like, sure my bro bro they uh it's all about like so what it does concern itself with is destiny versus free will if you have any you know that autonomy if you um what separates you from other people like if what makes you stand out ambition and 
uh, causality. There's a lot of like questioning of um, even though he doesn't really give a fuck, like Griffith is always pondering like the the effects of his actions on other people is always like you know i leave tens of thousands of enemies in my wake and i also leave thousands of friends and comrades the bars that they spit bro that's that's bars to me that's what i mean by like the monologues and the writing is like just when they really get to like spitting they're spitting it's like i relate to some of the shit that they say and it's like contextually it's fucking diabolical but like i'm like i feel that (laughs) low-key he's spitting there is actually a philosophical question that i think is really interesting uh to us as artistic people uh i know that you know kelby and i write books um you're an artist as well there's a there's a point where guts is getting ready to leave and he's been stewing about this question about Griffith and following him. And he's in a bar with, uh, I want to say, Rickert. And this one guy whose name I can never... Uh, Corcus. Corcus is this dude who who can't stand Guts. He's just always hated him, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they're in this yeah. bar. They've just taken that castle. They're on cloud nine. And they're having this discussion. And Guts is talking about, you know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go strike out on my own. I'm going to go try to do my own thing. One of the characters says to him, you know, like, I'm pretty good with knives, and I'm pretty funny, too, but I'm not the best at anything. So I have decided to hitch my wagon to somebody who seems like he's the best, right? And uh, the other guy, Corcus is less interesting because he's hitched his wagon to Griffith because of all the creature comforts, you know. He's talking to, to barmaids, He's got a warm bed to sleep in. To him, it's all about giving up any kind of autonomy or sovereignty in order to be comfortable, right? But that first mm. character, who I, th- I think it's Rickard, but Rickard might be the, the smaller kid. This might be somebody else whose name I can't remember. Um, what he said about giving up on like on your dream, because if you can't be the best, you shouldn't even try. I was wondering how that resonated for you two and what side of that you would you would fall on. I have no idea what that would feel like because I'm like the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot more connection with um, guts where, because that's really like, I don't even give a fuck how pretentious this sounds like who cares i um i have never understood when people are like uh <laughs> battling with that sort of purpose it's like well I'm, it, you know people don't get it or it's not selling as much as i thought it would or i'm not getting these streams or blah 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 and so i just i would just rather like tag along with this or or just give it up or whatever I'm like, I'm just swinging that fucking sword. Like, honestly, my questions, like, arise a whole lot more in in Guts's arena. Like, his personal um, struggle is always, like, what is that thing that I'm doing this for? Like, I just run around swinging this sword, and, like, I don't uh, have... I'm not sure why or what drives me or... Um, I don't have that extra thing to live for like with uh with Griffith you know he's got that dream and everything this specific goal and Guts is just like yeah I I killed a bunch of motherfuckers and that's what I like to do and I don't really have a reason for doing it and I felt that on an artistic level I was like that's I mean I don't know I just like make shit and I don't really like if you asked me why i really i I don't know i make shit (laughs) it's that passion bro that's what i'm saying i relate to both like i relate to like the passion and like the freedom of just like doing whatever spontaneously but also i like relate to what 
Griffith feels like I don't know I think they're both spitting but I think to for me Griffith spits a little bit more like uh just on the uh the idea of like I like to surround myself with people that I like respect for also uh going out there and like chasing after something because so like we are all we're like we're equals but i see you as the equal because i see like your individual ambition like you're a guy that like gets shit done i feel like that says a lot about like a person i don't know i feel like uh like if i see you as a person with ambition i know uh i don't have to worry about like you like as an individual if we go somewhere or like if something goes down because I feel like the strength to like have an idea or a dream and then like formulate a plan and go after it mentally uh like says enough about you so like, i don't know so i like to only surround myself with like people that i respect in that way and like i kind of see what he means by that and like me personally uh something that i struggle with is like uh i don't know if it's like existentialism or whatever but i feel like if i'm not uh going after like something uh i start to like burn out on life in general it feels like dull and mundane i like the chase of like something that seems like uh out of reach like with music for example and like all of my uh stuff that i've done i did like four or five years in music going hard crazy and like i hit a lot of those like goals that i thought previously were like super far out of reach and like if i'm not chasing for something like that uh life feels like pointless kind of i don't know i like burnout you know waking up every day and surviving like isn't enough for me uh so i relate to that that's all i'm saying i don't know i don't know (laughs) that's a question that gets brought up too with guts is like love like do i have something to live for or is the fight to live why i'm living and i think that's an important question right now in our times with something like you know COVID 19 and the maybe the climate at a certain point um you know people have become really obsessed with safety and keeping everything safe and keeping their loved ones safe and that is a very natural human uh impulse and i think that you can uh you can do things like devote your life to helping other people you can run soup kitchens or you know go overseas and build houses for people or or whatever right like you can you can live a life of service to other people and there's nobility in that but i think that the difference between you know living a life of service and attempting to live just to survive you know you end up with what um this italian philosopher giorgio agamben calls bare life which uh bare life is exactly what you guys are talking about where you become obsessed with just surviving and then the next level after that is not feeling any kind of pain right so you there's this book called the palliative society that i've been reading and it's about our culture's inability to uh, really cope with pain and deal with pain and the concept that we are the first generation in the history of humanity where not feeling pain has suddenly become this this feeling like it's a human right so you end up with people who are just kind of like who seem to be making choices uh to not actually live their lives in the interest of keeping themselves safe and the trick to that whole thing the the i don't know if funny is the right word but the the irony of that idea is that you could you could die tomorrow you really could i mean you know you've got a heart inside of you that could for no reason whatsoever just stop beating and then for what like what have you done and some people say like oh well since this you know, this uh, COVID-19 happened or whatever, you know, it's only been two years and, you know, we'll just, we'll just kind of, you know, hang back for however long. And it's like, what do you mean? It's only been two years, right? If, if every moment of life is precious, then, you know, like, what have you been doing? Like being scared this whole time. 
not to turn it into a COVID rant. I'm not interested in doing that, but it's part of a broader picture. No, I get you. I that get you. Goes, I get you. That, that ties in. I think that's how, like, the pace of both the manga and the anime, like, feel kind of purposeful. That, like, forward motion comes from the theme of having a drive, having ambition. Like, every moment is precious. Like, I started, this is the most screenshots I've ever taken on anything that we've uh, That's what I'm that saying, so bro. The visuals of this anime are, like, insane, bro. They're crazy. Uh, or are you, are you screenshotting the manga? Both. Both. Yeah, bro. Yeah, there, it's crazy. It's some, what do you, so, like, fight scene-wise, I just got to ask, because I feel like we haven't talked about that that much. But, uh... I feel like in the uh it's like in the beginning of the anime when he uh I am I'm, I'm sorry to all the like hardcore fans how I'm blanking on like names and specifics. But he comes in the he like pulls up on the uh the Lord, he like assassinates the dude, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, that shit is so fucking hard. I love that scene. I love that when scene. he like the kid sees him. Yeah, and yeah. He yeah. has to take the kid out too. And then he has mm-hmm. to kill the kid too, bro. Bro, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is." Oh, he he went there. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. You he, you you realize he's really about that life. Like he's he does not give a fuck. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that this is not yeah. a hero that you would expect. One thing on the fight scenes that I noticed in the manga, I've read a. Uh, uh, not a ton of ma- I'm definitely not a manga expert. I've read a lot of American comics, um, and I've read I've read some manga, but not a not a whole ton. Usually, I read like uh, Junji Ito is is big. For, so anytime a new Junji Ito comes out, I read that shit. But like one thing that I thought was really impressive about Berserk, uh, besides the level of detail in the battle scenes, was the the coherence of the battle scenes in the manga. Um, I don't know how Mira managed to do this so consistently, but like you always know where the characters are in relation to each other and you know exactly what what is happening. You know what I, so you'll see a you know an axe fly at guts and then you'll get this reverse shot of him like blocking it and twisting and doing some kind of uppercut that takes someone's head off and somehow in like four panels you put it together and it's almost scary how fluid it is it all happens in your mind right so like this to me was a real kind of revelation of what uh what cartooning and and manga can actually do from an action standpoint not just from like you know guys standing around and looking badass yeah in all honesty like the manga might even be more fluid than the anime because the anime has a very faithful style. All the character designs look the same. Uh, the scenes, for the most part, play out the same as they do in the manga. And it it stays faithful to a whole lot of it. But I think they were limited more in the manga, even though they're bad at, like, they managed to, like, you can't tell that they're limited uh, with because they do the best with what they're working with at the time, but like anime has come leaps and bounds in the fluidity of things and how like you can get different angles and faster frame rates to move you know more show flying kicks and all this shit, but like in the manga that shit's ridiculous. It's like because he'll also have characters transposed over every panel of the page the thing is he doesn't commit to one structure of it's like it's these panels and they're going in order it's like i mean the the i think the the font like the the text that's all all japanese characters that are like just means like swoosh or whatever Mm -hmm. like flying diagonally down the page like alongside the sword and showing like the intensity in this character's face and then right next to a panel that shows whoever there's attacking like whoever that character's attacking like showing their face like oh fuck like it it 
Be, being still images, it moves with such nah, fluidity. It's ridiculous. I, I get what you're saying. That's the thing with manga uh, all the time. Like any manga, usually, unless it's ass. It's like the amount of detail that you can put into a single panel, uh, sometimes, well, every time, is going to hit harder than in the anime because they do cut corners like for the sake of production in terms of like the details going on in certain scenes what's going on in the background and then like you said the energy of like the paneling and like how they choose to uh put any kind of words on the page even just how like they could trail it or like have the font in a certain style so it adds to the energy of it uh it hits different it hits different for sure I haven't read the Berserk manga, but now uh, I might give it a shot because I want to check that out, learn more about it. I think uh, other animes have the same thing, though. It's like universally, manga has that uh, different feel. It has that flow, like you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would recommend this anime. Uh, well, both. Yeah, I'd recommend the anime and the manga. Like, oh. I want to bring up what I thought was the funniest bit of the of the manga, uh, which is when Guts initially saves Casca from you know because she's like all sick or whatever on the battlefield. I thought it was hilarious Mm -hmm. that that much space uh, and that much destruction was devoted specifically to a woman character being on her period. I thought that was like. Cause she's like she's on it. She's like, oh, I can't. It's like she's like falling off of her horse and like stumbling around, like she got shot. And she's like, yeah. and she's like, oh, I'm on my my period. And I, I thought that was a a really funny like dude uh, understanding of what's going on. You know, it's like right, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. they're dying. Which maybe it, maybe for some people it is. I, mean, I don't honestly. I'm not a period expert, but. I, I feel like it is uh, <laughs> probably pretty wild for some people, uh, but no, it definitely is like you said, like a dude understanding. Not yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fucking hilarious. That moment is fine. Yeah. So that's go ahead. that comes back around to not really having a moral message. Not just the characters, but the story itself doesn't have a moral message or an ideological like stance on anything in particular. It's more concerned with like being funny when it wants to be funny, being badass nonstop, and uh, ruminating on existentialism and like higher uh, self and divine, um, divine intervention and causality, like shit like that. And uh, yeah, you just can't let like, uh, is this gonna ring okay with like, feminist circles is this too but honestly what you get with not giving a fuck about that you could argue both ways like you could look at berserk and be like this is a misogynist uh work of art or you could be like this is actually feminist because of the like uh care to like um throughout these struggles these like honest uh (laughs) it is even if they're not portrayed 100% accurately or whatever like these uh, showing like what Casca goes through to hang with the guys like she is a badass character nah yeah 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 for sure for sure Uh, that specifically like showing her like thug it out as a real writer (laughs) do some crazy shit is fire Uh, yeah it does like portray her as uh, frail sometimes but I don't think that that's like uh, misogynistic. I think, but like you said, uh, it's like the same shit that I was on earlier. It's like this this anime and manga is like in your face. It's like a punk rock type shit. Like, fuck it. Uh, That's the energy that it gives off. But that is like its strongest thing. I don't know. It plays into it really good. I I feel like if they did take more care to... uh, be more delicate like not show stuff fully uh it wouldn't have the same effect yeah and it's and i think that overall what we were talking about earlier it just has a really good message which is 
the way that I understand the way that Berserk thinks about all this is uh, that conversation in the bar is kind of central to it and the idea of you know uh, whether or not you're the best or whether or not you should like just put your kind of lot in with whoever you think has the best you know chance of of winning and, and getting you some kind of spoils the um, berserk and the character of guts because guts gets fucked up over and over and over again and he just keeps kind of getting back up so the the manga seems to be saying to me that you don't actually have to be the best at everything you just have to be really fucking determined and to be your your own thing and that like kind of the god of this universe keeps smiling on guts by keeping him alive even though he gets punished right um like the god of this universe basically uh doesn't look fondly on griffith as somebody who is like the best but who kind of uses people for his own ends what it really seems to value is the 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 lone wolf you know like the the lone wolf who's able to just kind of keep going yeah i 100 percent fuck with that understanding guts not as a uh a superhero character or like the ultimate badass it's like nah he's not you know killing a hundred people in one battle all by himself because he's like the best necessarily it's because he'll get his fucking arm chopped off and not give a fuck yeah (laughs) it's it's because he's got the resolve to keep going no matter what 